Have you thought about nesting in your divorce? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're going to learn today in episode 112 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Let's hit it. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, aka the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoy. All right, all right. Welcome to episode 112 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. I am your host, Jason Lavoy, aka the Divorce Resource Guy. Today, we are going to be talking about nesting. Now, I'll confess, whenever I say the word nesting, I just think of a bunch of little birds in a little nest in a potted plant on the front porch of a house, you know waiting to hatch and the mother birdie coming and feeding it little wormies and everything like that. That's what comes to my mind when I think of nesting. But that is not what we are going to be talking about today when we say nesting. Nesting is a specific term used in the world of divorce. And today my guest Beth Berendt is going to discuss it because not only has she written a book about it, but she's lived it, right? So Beth and her husband Bill ended their 18-year marriage they wanted to co-parent with their three children, ages 5, 9, and 12 at the time, in a way that, you know, would ease their stress and be very effective for everybody. So in her book, Nesting After Divorce, Co-Parenting in the Family Home, Beth discusses how this experience worked and the different types of nesting that is possible out there. It's all about options, everybody, when we're talking about children and parenting and custody and parenting plans um you know you can be creative and if it works for you then it can work that's the most important thing is that it works for everybody involved so let's get right to it let's talk about nesting and what's involved and maybe you know maybe it could be something that you consider in your divorce let's introduce beth Barrent. beth welcome to the podcast i'm excited to have you on as a guest how are you I'm very good. Thanks. And I'm excited to be on. Thanks for inviting me. Yes. Um, you're, we were just talking off the uh, microphone for a second and, and you're in Indiana right now and I'm in Northern New Jersey. So that's the best part about uh, hosting different people on my podcast is that I get to speak to people all over the country and sometimes the world. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad Indiana is represented today. <laughs> me too. <laughs> So the first question um, I ask all my guests, and you will be no different, is give everybody who's not familiar with you a little bit about your background and the road that you took to get where you are today. Okay, I'll try to be brief. Um, The reason I'm talking to you is I've recently had a book published about nesting. Um, My ex and I divorced almost nine and a half years ago. And we had three sons, still have three sons, but we had three young sons at the time. And so decided to pursue nesting. Um, We had been married about 18 years and I've been a freelance writer for quite a while and have written a couple of articles about nesting, um, our experience. But I was really excited to be able to do a book on the topic because I certainly wish I would have had a book when I was figuring it all out for my family. I'm also uh, was a research librarian for a number of years in Washington, D.C., and so um, I enjoy researching as well, which I think drew me to the idea of doing a book. 
Yeah, that's that's great. I personally, I hate researching. Okay. <laughs> so we would make a great team, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, we <laughs> we'll have to talk later. <laughs> <laughs> the um, so the book you you wrote, and we'll tell everybody about it um at the end of our talk, nesting after divorce, co-parenting in the family home, and uh, for those who may be watching a video one day, here we go, it's a copy of the book, um. How did the idea in your own personal situation of getting divorced, who, and you said that was about nine years ago, right? So who brought up the idea or did you guys come up with the idea of nesting yourselves? Well, um, I brought it up and I happened to run across it serendipitously in a book by Laura Wasser, you know, that kind of celebrity divorce attorney. And she had written a book called It Doesn't Have to Be That Way. And when I was getting divorced, we were getting divorced. We actually didn't have friends who divorced. Our families didn't have a lot of divorce in it. And all I knew was just the traditional, you know, everything blows up. You never talk to each other again. You know, the kids go back and forth. And she mentioned in her book, you know, it was probably just a couple of paragraphs, but mentioned that some people do nesting. And when I read it, it was just this light bulb moment of, wow, I didn't even realize you could do things differently. <laughs> And, um, and so fortunately, when I presented the idea to Bill, my um, ex, he liked it too, as well. And, you know, our kids were 12, nine and five at the time. And he said, you know, we, why should we make them suffer? Like, let's see if we can figure this out somehow, keep them here in the house, and we'll figure out how we go back and forth to do this. I love how the focus was on the children um, and not Thanks. yourselves. Um, often Thanks. it's the opposite. Um, so I always like, it's refreshing to hear that two people, even though you're getting divorced, um, are on the same page as let's do what's best for the kids. Um, so for those who don't know what nesting is, um, mm -hmm. what how would you define nesting in a divorce context? Yeah, the basic concept is that the kids continue to live in a single, they're family home um, and the parents take turns moving in and out to parent them. And so the kids have the consistency of, you know, all their stuff in one place, not going back and forth between two houses. Their friends always know where they are. You know, they've got their dog with them every day and the parents um, find other ways to, you know, not live together. So people do a variety of things. And I talked to five other families in my book. So you can see a range of what people have done. Um, in our case, we started out by renting a small apartment, just a one bedroom apartment near our house, near the family home um, that we moved in. We, we shared it, but we were never there at the same time. So whoever was parenting was in the house with the kids and the other one would go to this apartment, you know, for five days. And then we would switch. And we did that for quite a while. So you did like a week on week off schedule. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's really interesting. Um, and I know there's like in a lot of things in life, there's different ways to skin a cat and same for mm -hmm. nesting. <laughs> there's not one size fits all, but let's talk about your scenario for mm -hmm. a few minutes. So you both rented an apartment. So you both a had to, well, before we get into that, what was, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Because it because this matters. What was your level um, of, I guess, communication with your ex at the time? Obviously, in order to effectuate something like this, you you have to have some level of communication. So, yeah. I mean, was this a really contested divorce, acrimonious? How would you describe the relationship at that point? 
Well, I would say it was pretty um, contentious and um, we, you know, we're not, we were, had a lot of anger with each other and um, one of us, and I think Bill would admit to this, that he was less inclined to divorce. I was kind of pushing it forward. So between the two of us, you know, it wasn't a real happy time with each other for sure. Um, which was why it was important to me that we weren't in the house at the same time. And so early on, you know, probably the first couple of years, we were pretty strict about um, not overlapping in the house at all. You know, it was basically like one would come in just as the other is going out. Um, we tried to do as much in writing as possible instead of, you know, talking in front of the kids. If we did right. need to talk, we would schedule it like at a coffee shop or something. So we were kind of in a neutral space. So, I mean, not that we were perfect for sure, but we tried really hard to keep, you know, all the hot emotions um, away from the family home. And, um, and we did, even though it was difficult, we did try to, you know, have regular things that we both did with the kids so that they could see us together and that, um, you know, they felt like, as far as they could tell, you know, that we were getting along. And, um, but it was, it was hard for a couple of years, for sure. Um, but we're in a much better place now, nine years later. No, I'm, I'm sure time, you know, I guess it's true. Time heals all wounds. Um, sure. The So when the decision was made to rent out this apartment, was there any fighting over, you know, is this the right apartment for us? Um, no, I think that was pretty, um, it happened. I moved it along pretty quickly. There's so much to figure out in a divorce, as you know, you know, all the financial stuff and the legal stuff. And um, and we not everybody moves right to divorce. You know, um, some people take a long time. Some people nest for a while while they're figuring out if they're going to divorce. But right, in our right. case, it just made sense to like kind of rip off the Band-Aid and move towards it. And so I think that because we were both so kind of overwhelmed, Bill was fine with me making the call on the apartment and um and we just, you know, kind of furnished it from some extra stuff we had in the house. I mean, that was part of the driving force, actually, besides the kids, was that we didn't have the money just to automatically set up two full-sized homes to house the kids. And we didn't know how we were going to do that, if we were going to have to sell the family home or what. And so this just gave us a little breathing space to each have time away from the home and kind of focus on ourselves, focus on are parts of the divorce and also not, you know, go way into debt while we were figuring out what the next step was going to be. So whose name was on the lease? Mine. Okay. Um, And who was, how does, so a lot of people, and I know you get this question a lot, but we should talk about it Mm -hmm. because I, I, I work with a lot of people who are in a divorce or getting divorced and they are living together under the same roof and it's it's hard you know it's very hard um, but they feel that they, they they don't have the resources to pay for two separate residences right mm-hmm. so how do you do that because now you're paying rent in addition to i'm assuming you had a mortgage on the, the marital the house home. yeah mm-hmm. so how did that discussion play out and how did you guys make it work well, again, the initial thing was, well, this is cheaper than us trying to buy another house right now, you know, or rent a full full house. Like this is cheaper. Um, and some people I know will do things like, you know, go stay with family or go um, live with a friend when they're not in the house, you know, as they're trying to figure out what they're going to do financially. Um, 
So for us, it was just kind of, once I found the apartment that was, yes, we live in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So, you know, stuff's not super expensive, but um, we were able to, you know, felt like we could afford to do that for a year. And of course we didn't have to, you know, duplicate the kids stuff or we didn't really, you know, like have to, we'd, we'd lived together for so long. We had kind of a lot of extra stuff. I think all, I maybe bought a mattress. Like that's all I remember really right. investing in at first, you know? So, um, took some extra wine glasses, you know, some extra forks and well, that's <laughs> and important. Fine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, so it was just really a pretty cheap thing. It wasn't, um, having that apartment was not like a financial, um, burden or something that caused us to argue about the cost of that it was more the big picture like where's the whole you know family going and how are we going to afford everything moving forward and and how did you guys present that had had the divorce officially started when you began nesting we had separated and i had been living with my parents a little bit so the kids kind of had they knew that you know dad and i were working on some things and they were used to and, and he'd traveled a lot for work so they were very used to me being this only parent and then me spending time you know at my parents who live here in town um kind of got them used to him being more regularly the parent but we only did that for probably a month and I found the apartment in that time and so then we'd been separated for a little bit and then we told the kids about the divorce and told them right away we were able to say you guys are staying here in the house you know because divorce is such a scary word, you know, to kids and yeah. particularly the older two, 12 and nine, they had an idea of what it meant. They had friends who, you know, had the divorce lifestyle going between two places and they were pretty upset at the word divorce. Um, but it was almost shocking to me how, as soon as I said, but you're staying right here, you're, you're just staying here in the house, you know, with the dog and, and dad and I will come in and out like, like we do when dad travels. And, and then, you know, that next weekend, we took them to see the apartment where, you know, mom or dad was going to be when we weren't with them, so they could see how close it was. Um, And then we just kind of rolled into, you know, keeping it a very consistent schedule. And um, I think because we weren't overlapping in the house at that time, there was no confusion about, you know, that maybe the mom and dad were going to get back together. You know, it was very clear, like, no, we're getting divorced and this is how we're going to live for a while as we figure everything out. Right. But everything's going to be okay. And this is yeah, right. That's so important. Now, did the kids ever, the whole point of nesting is so the kids don't have to stay somewhere else, but did did they ever stay with you or him at the apartment? (laughs) Um, You know what? They, first of all, they weren't interested because I didn't have a big TV or an Xbox. But <laughs> secondly, the only time they came was one time the house, we lost electricity because of a big storm. And so there was no air conditioning and they came and stayed with me. But um, they just weren't that interested in it. You know, but it was fine with me if they wanted to, but they were more comfortable in their home. And so, of course. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, it was there if we needed some reason for them to come. But I can only think of twice where that happened. <laughs> And, and during the week, you said it was week on, week off. During the mm-hmm. week, would you see the kids at all? Um, you know, at first, I kind of tried not to because I really wanted them to get used to the schedule with dad and not, you know, because we had a fairly traditional setup that I was basically a stay-at-home mom um, outside of the freelance writing work that's very flexible. Um, so I really wanted, and and I wanted Bill to get into the routine of just being with them. Um, but I did do things like I volunteered at school. So I would see them 
in the lunchroom and on field trips and stuff like that. So I felt like I still, you know, saw them often, but initially I didn't come into the house much. That changed much over the years and, um, and evolved quite a bit. And it was also something kind of related to finances again, that, you know, it really made sense. Like instead of Bill hiring a babysitter in the summer, I would come and, you know, run the kids to their camps and stuff, different stuff like that. So, um, so we became much more overlapping as time went on. Okay. And another question that comes to my mind when we talk about nesting is you shared this apartment. So you both had a key to it. I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Was there ever any issue of privacy? Um, you know, I felt nervous about it. And I I address this in the book quite a bit because I think it depends on your partner. Fortunately, Bill is very trustworthy and I am as well. But I didn't want to even leave the temptation. So I did have a <laughs> you know, plastic crate of all my divorce related paperwork, my financial paperwork, you know, my journals, like, and I would carry that back and forth with me from the apartment to the house and, and back just because I didn't want the temptation, but I never had an instance of him, you know, getting into my stuff. And he, he didn't really put his stuff away, but, um, but I know some people do have that, you know, it's understandable, especially in divorce or if there's other relationships going on that people can get very jealous about that. And so there's, it, it can be an issue that people need to figure out either having, you know, a locked space or some, you know, rules about um, access to each other's stuff. Right. You don't want an unannounced visit, right? Right. Um, for a lot of reasons. And right. so did you feel though, like every time that you left to go back home, to your marital home, um, like, did you feel, how was that on you personally? Um, was it, was it hard the longer it went on? I mean, did you feel like you were constantly kind of like a nomad traveling around? Mm, up, yeah. You know, sometimes, but I would remind myself I could be doing this with, for three kids, you know, keeping track of their stuff, going back and forth. And so Very I'd much true. rather do much rather do my own stuff. And sure. Sometimes I would leave something and I'd have to drive back and get it later, but you know, in the big scheme of things, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, emotionally, I always, even, I mean, probably even till now, um, I have this feeling when I would leave the kids and be heading to my apartment, I would feel sad that I was leaving them, but I also be really excited that I was going to be by myself for a few days, you know, and like watch, just be on my own schedule and and so it was this mixture of like sadness and really excited. And then I'd kind of have the same thing when I was coming back to the house, sort of like, oh, I'm going to miss my alone time, but oh, I'm going to see the kids. And so, you know, it was every, I think every time I kind of have this up and down emotions until I got into the new routine. At the, at the point. That makes a lot of sense that, you know, I have as a parent now, I have a eight and a half year old girl. Um, and even though I only have one child, I feel like I have three. Um, <laughs> and, and I, you know, those same emotions of, you know, you, you can't wait for that quiet time, I call it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. The alone time when they go to bed, of mm -hmm. course, you know, by then you're, you're exhausted too. And, yeah. um, but still it's like, you look forward to that, but we need that, right? I mean, yeah. that's a human nature thing. I think we all need that break. For sure. Yeah. I know. Sometimes I've kind of joked to people. It's like, man, I think the people nested 
they wouldn't get divorced. <laughs> we, we all just need a break from, from the kids and from other people. And so, so yes, it was very, very nice to be able to go to a place that um, actually there was no reminder of the kids there. You know, it wasn't like since they didn't live with me, I didn't have laundry to do or I didn't have to shop for their food when I was at my apartment. Like it was just all about me. Well, oh, that's that a question nice. I have. Was mm-hmm. there any rules between you two about when your week was up and you're coming back to the marital home, did you have to restock the fridge? How did that work? We had sort of um, some guidelines like this wasn't in our legal document, but we had some rules with each other that, you know, you wouldn't, when the other person came in, there'd at least be like the basics for, you know, milk and butter, eggs, whatever, you know, so you could fix breakfast, um, that the laundry would be done. And, um, and, you know, just that the house wasn't trashed. <laughs> so right. with, with three kids, it's hard, you know, you can't expect it to be perfect, but, um, but kind of those basics that neither of us would walk in and be super stressed out right away, you know? So that was but, kind and, of the And did the same kind of apply to the apartment? And to the apartment, it was, um, we had some guidelines about like, it wouldn't be dirty. You know, the bathroom was clean. Um, and in the apartment, we had that same bed. So you had to put, you put clean sheets on before you left, or at least had them in the lot, you know, in the dryer or something. Um, and I'm actually trying to remember, I think it was sort of the general rule that if you used up a basic, you know, like toilet paper, or butter, that you would replace it. But, um, but we really were responsible for just our own food. And, um, so that wasn't a huge deal there. It could right. be a little tricky at the house sometimes because, you know, we cook differently. And so one of us might be like, oh, I didn't know you used up all the apples or whatever, you know. And- so, right, for the cooking, did you have to buy a whole new set of pots and pans and everything? I took some extra stuff and my parents gave me some stuff. So I think I bought, I bought maybe one pan. But, you know, you're just cooking for one person. So, frankly, I probably had frozen pizza or popcorn or I went out with friends, you know, I really didn't eat there that much. And so okay, it so wasn't like I was question. cooking, a, I wasn't cooking a big meal. I don't think I ever cooked a big meal at the apartment, you know, so if I could make toast and coffee, I was okay. Toaster oven, right. Does many yeah. things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Frozen pizza, frozen pizza, yeah, and bagel. Whatever, good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, um, so we're, we're getting uh, near the end of our time today, but I, I really love- It does go fast. <laughs> it does go fast. The, the discussion about nesting, because like I told you, we I haven't really had on a guest specifically to talk about this, but sure. how long did you guys nest for? Well, we're still doing it. So it's been nine and a half years and we have uh, one kid in college, but two still at home. So. so after the divorce was finalized, you kept the marital home and you continued nesting. We are still, I'm here oh. in the house right now. Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. And, uh, and you're in the you same might, apartment? Um, I have just recently given it up because I've gotten engaged. And so I go to my fiance. Thank you very much. I go to my fiance's when I'm not um, in the home. And Bill has remarried. And so he's actually at his wife's home right now. And I'm here parenting. Okay. But was, I guess, his remarriage recent? Um, mm-hmm. A year or so ago. But um but for a number of years, he would go and stay with her when he wasn't in the, the home. So it for a long time, the apartment was just mine. Okay. Never, so it was just the first couple of years that we actually kind of shared the apartment. And after the divorce, you're still doing the week on week off schedule? 
that has changed as well, primarily thanks to COVID because he stopped traveling for work. Um, and so we didn't really have such a set schedule and I was in the house more with the kids doing, you know, remote learning. And so now we've become very flexible as long, we still do the 15% of the month, but sometimes, you know, like he's gone for a week and a half or sometimes, you know, it's just three days. It kind of depends what, if he has to do something for work or whatever. But it sounds like you guys communicate pretty well and you, you make it work. We, um, we have, yeah. yeah. And, and so what's the plan to how long are you going to maintain this until the kids Well, are- you know, barring any unforeseen circumstances, the youngest is entering high school in the fall. And so the plan is that we'll do it while he's in high school and then bring it to an end then. Okay. Um, so I don't, you know, I guess that's assuming he goes on to college and stuff. So that's the goal. Right, right. Well, he has to study. No. <laughs> um, yes, we'll see. And, and was there any was there any issues in in agreeing? It's one thing to agree to to nest, you know, during the divorce, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because you guys gotta just separate. Um, mm-hmm. But then once the divorce is final, I I don't hear so often that people continue nesting. Was yeah. was that a was that an issue of contention? Like, did one person want to sell the the home? Um, yeah, we talked about it at some point, but it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was contention. It was more just like, should we figure out a more traditional approach? But you know, the kids were doing so well, and it was really easier for both of us to just stick with it. You know, we had the routine. We had our, you know, space set up the way it worked for us. So um, I think pretty much everybody in my book got divorced, you know, is divorced and kept nesting after their divorces. But some of them took a long time to get to that point. Some didn't. Um, Right. So, yeah, that didn't seem like that would be the break. I think we kind of thought about, you know, maybe just as the kids were getting a little older and one could drive, you know, should we keep doing this? But then it kind of felt mean to take it away from the younger ones you know, that the older one had gotten to live such a nice life. (laughs) (laughs) And I know they're always jealous. Yeah. (laughs) But so my final question for you, Beth, it would be because I've dealt with this uh, from a a legal point of view, I guess you guys entered into this whole agreement yourselves and you, you wrote it up into a marital settlement agreement. Right. And, and you got Mm -hmm. divorced there. So in those cases, you know, most of the time the court, doesn't even read that document. They don't care as long as you guys agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but were there any, did you both have lawyers? Um, yeah, we did. Yeah. So did your lawyers ever give you any caution about entering into this type of an agreement or what a court would say if they knew this is what you were going to do? Yeah, for sure. And um, I interviewed some attorneys in this book, so you can, I don't remember the exact quotes, but I quote my attorney a bit too, but he definitely was concerned. He'd never dealt with a nesting arrangement before, especially, you know, nine years ago, it was even less common. Right. Um, and we're in Indiana, so it's even less common. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, it was his big concern was how the courts, how he could word it so the court would understand what he was saying and how he could make sure that he was thinking of how to protect me, you know, um, privacy wise, financially. Um, and so, um, it was some work for him, but he has always said, we're still, um, friendly has always said that he, because Bill and I were committed to it and he felt like I had given it a lot of thought and, you know, had some clear ideas about the goals that he felt it was, he was willing to, you know, try and make it work. So, um, so he did. 
That, and that's great. I mean, I think it really does. I think you guys, you and Bill are a special example of how something like a nesting arrangement can work. Um, mm -hmm. But it really takes two people who are committed and on are on the same page. Otherwise, I think yeah. it could be very problematic, um, sure. you know, from privacy point of view. And, and, you know, it sounds like, tell me, did you have any post-divorce issues come up where, you know, uh, regarding either, you know, parenting time or anything that, that brought you back to the attorneys or court? Um, no, I'm trying to think something. We went back to the attorneys because Bill changed jobs at one point and it was quite a different, um, set up in terms of travel and financial compensation. And so we did go back to the attorneys just to kind of have them look at the changes and help us figure out as well. Um, college, covering college for the kids. We hadn't addressed that in our initial agreement. So it was kind of financially based. I'm not saying we, we had issues for sure about you know, how the person parented, how they fed the kids, how, you know, discipline, whatever. And, but it never took us back, you know, to the attorneys. It was all stuff that we just kind of hashed out between the two of us. And, um, and now it's kind of hard to remember exactly what it was, but I know there were a lot of <laughs> you know, intense conversations those first you few years. You that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but that, those would sound like they're normal, normal kid parent conversations. Exactly. Even if you're married. Probably. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so so that that's really encouraging that you didn't have, that the nesting worked in the long term. Um, yeah. And it just shows people that you can be creative. Um, yes. And as long as two people agree, um, nobody's really going to stop you. Um, I guess the, the right. question would be if something happened afterward, what would be enforceable in a court of law versus not? But mm -hmm. if the agreement is worded well and specific, then it it should work out. Right. I think the big um, you know concern for my attorney was that Bill would decide not to do it anymore and I wouldn't be able to get into the house. So there were right. And I'm sure Bill's attorney was thinking the same thing about me, you know, so change the locks or whatever. So there were right. specifications about that. You know, if you want to end it, you have to take a certain amount of time to end it, you know, follow these particular steps. And so, you know, just to kind of put the brakes on any uh, quick emotional reaction that might affect things. No, absolutely. It, it's imperative. Um, but still, even if that happened, you would have to deal with it in real time, right? If somebody changed the locks um, before that could get ironed out in with these lawyers. Yeah you know, you can't get into your house. <laughs> yeah. Though I imagine you can call the police probably if you, you know, if they never got to that. Yeah, no, kind of true. Thing, but you know? my, yeah. my, uh, <laughs> but you're right. It's something you would have to address. The police that, so. oftentimes, or like, I'm not getting involved. <laughs> that could be right. I mean, luckily I never had to figure that out, but, um, well, that's great. Yes. Things have gone very well over the long run for sure. So I encourage everybody who's getting divorced with kids to, give this book a read nesting after divorce um because Thanks. it just will at the very least get your mind juices flowing as to the possibilities um because right. sometimes we don't even know what we don't know and and so this will just help you think about different ways to skin that divorce cat with custody and parenting time where can beth right. where can people find you in this book um it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It should be at Barnes and Noble bookstores, um, at independent bookstores. And um, but yeah, if you go to Amazon, it's there, or you can go to my website, which is familynesting.org, 
And that has, um, you know, other media stuff I've done, plus links to the book and articles I've written and hopefully, you know, helpful information. Well, great. Um, I encourage everybody. I'll post that information in the show notes as well. Beth, it was so great to have you on to talk about nesting. Thank you so much for being on the show with me. Thank you. I very much enjoyed it. Thanks so much. All right. So how do you feel about nesting? Do you think it's an option for you? It's not an option for everybody. You know, it's not a one size fits all kind of a thing. You guys have to be, uh, have some level of communication and, you know, everybody has to be on the same page, but it's there to show you that it is an option that exists when you're discussing and trying to figure out how this whole post-divorce life and parenting minor children are going to work. So check out the book if you think you want to learn more about nesting. Now, if you're looking for help for your divorce, let me know. As a divorce coach, I help people in one-on-one group coaching, one-on-one coaching and group coaching programs. Just email me, jason at jasonlavoy.com and tell me you want a free strategy call and I'll be happy to talk with you to figure out how I may be able to help you. Also, if you like the podcast and you like what you've been hearing, please, I would love it if you just um, gave me a kind review on Apple Podcasts and that would be greatly appreciated to spread the word to others looking for a great divorce resource. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'm Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.